closer to Jesus. Now, who this week has had any, any interesting moments being challenged or as they were praying for safety? Remember last week we said, you know, instead of always praying for safety, what about praying, God, let your will be done? Corey was telling me they were driving down the hill and they began to pray, God, traveling mercies as we go. And Zach, his oldest son, says, Dad, remember what Pastor Rob said, God, your will be done today as we travel. It's just a challenge. It's just a challenge. And I'm, I'm still being challenged by it. Let your will be done no matter what the cost. Not many of us would think that getting a flat tire would be part of God's will. But how many times has that happened to me or you where maybe you got a flat or somebody else got a flat and, and the person who came to help you, you were able to minister to. Or the person you helped, you were able to minister to. Sometimes being in that position is how God needs you to be in the right place at the right time. And so we just say, God, let your will be done no matter what the cost. Because what we want to do as believers, I believe, is simply live and grow one step closer to Jesus every day. And take those around us, look for those opportunities to help other people grow one step closer to Jesus. I believe simplified, that's what Jesus' disciples were sent out to do. He said, go and make disciples. And I believe a disciple is somebody who's, it's a disciplined learner. It's really a pupil. It's a learner. And that's what a disciple is. But what are they learning? They're learning about who Jesus is. Throughout their life, they were drawing closer to Jesus. They weren't just growing in knowledge about him. Remember, the, the disciples, they already had a knowledge of God. They grew up. They were Jews. They grew up in the synagogue. They learned. They knew the, the Torah. They knew the Testament better than we do. Most of us do today. So they didn't need more knowledge of God. They needed to know him personally. They needed to draw closer and closer. And that's what God is bringing us this year, this day, in the future, drawing closer to him. Part of that's through knowing more about him in the word. But it's really having an intimate relationship with him. I think of Jesus, he had the multitudes. Wherever he went, he would have the multitudes and he'd preach to the multitudes. Then we hear that there was the 500. And then we hear about the, the 120 and then the 70. And then we hear about the 12. And we hear about the three, the Peter, James, and John, the, the intimate three who are just a little bit closer to Jesus. And then we hear about one person a little bit differently than all of the other disciples. Remember who that was? Be bold. John. John, what was special about John? What was, what was said about John? Jesus loved him. The one Jesus loved. Wow. From the multitude down to one. Now, John was the one who said the disciple whom Jesus loved. He himself talked about himself that way. And, and we, what, why did he do that? Was he being egotistical? Was, was John going, the disciple whom Jesus loved? <laughs> yes, he had 12, but Jesus only loved me. You, it'd be one thing if, if it was one of the other disciples writing that and saying, you know, I noticed that that Jesus had this special affinity with John. 
And they were maybe just honoring that relationship. As maybe you would do if you looked at another relationship and say, wow, they just have a special relationship. You can tell that they really love them. But John himself, the disciple whom Jesus loved. I think that John, as he got older and older and matured and he kept drawing, if you will, one step closer to Jesus, he finally got to the point that he understood that Jesus really loved him. The book of John, the gospel of John and 1st, 2nd and 3rd John were, were written probably toward the end of the first century, 80s to 90s. That's a, a few years after Jesus walked on the earth. He was old when he began to write the, the gospel and and even older when he wrote 1 John. And when you read the books of 1 John, you see the theme of love in there so much. It boiled all down to the love of God and loving God and being loved by Him. Drawing one step closer to Jesus, I think, is going to help us as, as the whole goal in that is to know the love of God in a deeper way. If you could picture, and I'm going to really ask you to, to picture this in a concentric circles with multiple levels going from the outside in. Smaller and smaller and smaller. You can picture the multitudes on the outside of the circle and, and each, as we grow, we grow a little closer to Jesus being in the center of the circle. We just want to keep drawing closer and Help those come in. And we know that not everybody draws closer to Jesus. Sadly, the, the bigger circles are on the outside. Not everyone's pressing in. But then take that circle in a 3D way, if you will, and realize that as it turns this way, it's not a circle, it's a cone. And that cone is rising up to the top. But the top is flat. It's that little circle in the top. And that top is flat. And we have to climb up that cone. And that's what we do in our Christian experience. We climb. We spend our life climbing, trying to draw closer to Jesus, doing things for Him, learning about Him, studying the Bible. And it's a, it's a, it's a task. But at the top is Jesus. And it's flat. And we find out that that's the love of God and it takes so long to reach it, unfortunately, for so many of us. This is all a picture God was giving me this morning. and I believe there is a struggle to get to that top, but it's not the struggle that we face and that we temp, tend to engage in on a daily basis. We think we have to be something special and do certain things in order to draw closer to Jesus, and that's not what it is. I think the only thing we have to do to fight is really to fight the, the battle that happens in the mind of the need to work for Jesus and to get rid of all the junk in order to go draw closer to Jesus because really, if you take that cone and turn it upside down and just fall into Jesus, you get to the love of God really fast. But we make it that effort where we try to climb it all the time. You need to learn how to fall onto Jesus and get into His love as quick as possible. 
depending on your life, it's going to be a more difficult battle for you than maybe for some. For some, it'll be easier. So if you've had a hard life, if maybe you've had difficult parents, then the idea of a loving God is going to be strange to some of us in this, in this room. And that's the fight. That's going to be the fight is to, to, to get past that so we can finally sit in that center of the love of God. It took John a while. I don't know when the revelation finally caught up with him that it was all about love. God is love. God is love. We, we should be like G- John. He figured it out. Part of the process is to the study of the Bible because that's Jesus' revelation of himself toward us. We have to know the Word of God. But we don't want to study the Word of God just to get more knowledge. That's going to happen as you press in, as you read the Word, you're going to get more knowledge, but that's not the end desire. That shouldn't be our desire. Spending time in the Word of God isn't just to get the ability to explain deep theological intricacies, though that'll happen too. It's to begin to know God's love story to us. He really wants us to know that His love for us is so great. That there's nothing that we have ever done or can ever do to deserve or to earn that love. But He wants us to rest in it and to know it. To fall in the cone of God and slide down until you're just right inside of His love. To, to know Him intimately. You know, at the end of John's life, as we read those, the Gospel and as we read the books of John, we find that he, like another John in, in our lifetime, had it all figured out. All you need is love. Da, 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 da. All you need is love. But we need the love of God. We don't need the, the love of of just anything, and we need the love of God expressed through His Son, expressed through other believers in our life, expressed through our life to other believers. We need the love of God poured out. We're going to ask for confession this morning. Before you start talking, I'll tell you what we're going to confess. Who's ever tried to do this Christianity thing and failed? You know, it's okay to look around and go, wow, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. You sometimes might feel that I just can't get this. And sister so-and-so, she's just got it. And brother, brother Bob, and they just know how to do it. And I'm just a failure. You know, when you look around and you see people that, that have got it, there's one of two things that's happened. One, they're just really good at hiding and lying. (laughs) The other is that they finally fell on the rock and understand that their position is in Him. It's got to be in Him. 
Because we can't do this on our own. I'm looking around at some saints who've been walking with Jesus for a long time and still sometimes we, we struggle with this whole thing of earning it and being something that we just can't be. It's all about being in Jesus and Jesus being in us. And I don't think I'm ever going to fully understand that. I'm like Paul. That which I do want to do, I don't do. And that which I don't want to do, I do do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? It's that constant struggle. We can't master sin. We meet weekly with Robert and Corey. One of the things we talk about on a weekly basis is this whole idea of sin management that the church preaches. Just manage your sin a little bit better. Man, we can't. We have to be in Christ and understand that when we receive Jesus, we died to sin, though it's going to try to constantly draw us back to believing a lie and then living in a lie. We need to be in Jesus and reckon ourselves dead to Christ and reckon ourselves alive in Christ. I think of a couple of scriptures, Isaiah 43, 11. For those of us who struggle and want to do things on our own, speaks just so cleanly and clearly and plainly. It says, I, even I am the Lord. Apart from me, there is no Savior. There is no Savior apart from God. So quit trying to be your own Savior and rest in Him. In John 15, 5, the counterpart to that verse, in my opinion, says, If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do just a few things. <laughs> Apart from me, you can do nothing. That meddles with me. Because I think I can do stuff. And so I keep trying. And I don't, maybe I'm the only one who thinks that I can do it on my own. But I just keep trying. I need to reckon myself to dead every day and just get myself deep into Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't do this. I need you. I need to be in you. I need to be grounded in you. I need to abide in you and, and all these other Christian words that we say. Just abide in Christ. And we go, okay. And we walk away and say, I don't know what that means. It's hard. Because we, we have this do mentality, but rest in Him. And there is some things that, that we will find ourselves doing in this process of being saved and allowing God to live in us and through us, we will begin to say no to ungodliness and yes to the Spirit of God inside of us in the form of conviction, in the form of drawing close to Him. And we ought not fight against that. He desires to have a closer relationship with us. And one of the ways He's done it, allowed that to happen, is through his word. We get to know God through His Word. He reveals Himself, His character, His nature, His love through His Word. 
But in order to find that, we need to get rid of our agendas when we read it. Again, a confession just, just to see this help people to feel normal in here. Be honest. How often do you ever, ask it this way, do you ever go to the Word trying to find a specific thing and having an agenda in your reading rather than just saying, God, help me to know you. If you, if you ever have an agenda when you read the Bible, just raise your hand. And, and, and sometimes we're looking for an answer, but sometimes we're looking for a specific truth and we're looking in the Bible to prove what we believe. And so we're going to find what we want to find because it's in there. God hates sinners and He wants to destroy them. And I can find that and I'll prove it to you. It's been done for a lot of years. But we get immersed in the Word of God and let it wash us instead of us trying to prove our points through the Word of God. Get to know His nature, His character from beginning to end as you compare things and you go, wait a second, I see His... He hates sin, but yet he gave his son for sinners, of which I am the greatest, Paul said. Get to know him through his word, through spending time with him. There's a fine line in this message, in this life, of doing compared to being. I think... I'm, I'm hitting the wall more and more. When I was younger, it was easy. Just do. Read your Bible. Witness. Stop sinning. Don't hang out with bad people. It was just these things that I tried to incorporate into my life. But it wasn't always from the right place. I was trying to do. I was trying to master sin. I was trying to control All those things should come out of our relationship with Christ, should come out of our understanding of what Christ did for us. This whole idea that I'm going to continue to pound into my head and at the same time into, into yours is to help people grow closer to Jesus. It's going to be part of our daily vocabulary soon. You won't, you won't even notice it and you'll, you'll just be saying, you know, I just want to help that person grow closer to Jesus. And then it'll say, Pastor Rob, he got me. It should, but that should come out of our relationship and life with Jesus ourselves. When I think back on my life and where I was at 11 and 12 years old and in the next couple of years and where I should have been and, and go, thank God I didn't go down there. That saving that God did for me, that rescuing should compel me to do the same for others. It's not that you should go and do for God, but how then shall we live if God saved us? How then should we behave if Christ lives inside of us? We don't want condemnation, but conviction is, should be welcomed into our life. But it's not always. God, bring your inward Holy Spirit conviction. As I would stray and do the things that would be displeasing to you, just bring me back, remind me of who I am. I ought to be 
alive in Christ and not dancing with dead people. The Bible says that we shouldn't have fellowship with, with, with the world. It's, it's that idea that we don't go off and partake in everything and we're not living that life any longer. We ought to reconcile ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ. That battle keeps raging even in the scriptures though of doing in Romans 13, 12 says, put aside the deeds of darkness. Well, that sounds like a do again. Well, but we, we, we need to focus on Christ and then the darkness will disappear. Put them aside and say, I... I no longer walk there. Throw off every hindrance, Hebrews 12. And I'm going to go there real quick. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I got a new Bible. Some of my pages are still sticking together. I love it. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Throw off those hindrances. We all have them. But are you willing this morning to reckon, reckon yourself dead to the world, dead to sin, and say, I'm going to lay these things down. It's just a weight. It's not going to help you in your pursuit of God. And I'm going to look to Jesus. He's the author of my faith. The world's taught us a lot of things and we need to relearn according to what God thinks of us and according to what God says about life. And throw those weights down. We can't help others grow closer to God if we're not ourselves growing closer to God. Your knowledge of the Word of God is not going to help somebody grow closer to Jesus. It's going to help people grow more knowledge about Jesus. We need to be growing ourselves. I was thinking about an, an example that I, I, you, I used to do, and it was, it was really funny and... and you know, I could, I could actually do this. I'm going to have Josh and Josh and Matthew come up for just a second. They have no idea I'm going to do this. I'm getting some big guys and a not-so-big guy. And you guys need a little bit of room, so stand right about here. Okay? I want you to grab his wrist. It's like you're going to pull it. Okay? Both hands. Okay? I want you you know, now just right at his wrist. Now. This could get really, really, really bad, okay? And I'm not going to tell you which one of these is the devil and which one's Jesus because I'm gonna, the, we're just going to make a point here, okay? Now, don't rip his arms out of his socket, but begin to put some good pressure on him. Fall towards Bailey. Just fall. Fall. What usually happens is, is he will hold on as he falls this way. His strength and his weight pull him down. As he pulls this way, his strength and his weight pulls him 
It's just a simple physics thing. That's how, thanks. That's how it is. We're being pulled in every direction. And you're going to go whichever way you fall. Fall towards Jesus. Fall to Him. And of course, there's no comparison between the strength of God and the strength of the devil. I don't want to go there. But you need to fall on Jesus. But too often, we're falling the wrong way. We're being tempted and we're being pulled and we just fall into our sin. And then we come and say, oh, pray for me, I fell into sin. You know, truth be told, there's times it's really not much of a fall, it's a lean. We lean into sin. Start leaning away. Start leaning into Jesus and your strength is hidden in Him. His strength is activated by your faith and your faith is your leaning into Him. We'll be, see victory more and more, but you can't fight on your own. If Matthew were to stand there and fight, if they started really pulling, his arms would begin to get dislocated quickly. And he'd pull, and, and you've maybe even done that yourself, pull too hard in the wrong, and it just gets dislocated. But if you fall onto Jesus, that's where you're going to be. Philippians 3.10 says that that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. That's our desire to know Him and His power. The power of His resurrection. His resurrection didn't just get us to heaven. His resurrection gives us life here on earth and the power over the enemy. Everything we need for life and godliness, the Bible says, is in Him. But we need to know Him. We need to lean on Him. We need to fall to Him and getting to know Him more and more. In Jeremiah 9, if you're taking notes, 9.23... The song that, that I, we've sung, and let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. I love that he put loving kindness first. He exercises loving kindness. Don't delight in strength. Don't delight in riches, but glory in this and your knowledge of Him. Psalms 25. Verse 4 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all day. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Oh, we need the truth of God. 
was we have the lies of the world. We need the truth of God to overshadow all of these things that are constantly inundating us. And teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. And then, I love this, it says, On you I wait all day. The word wait there is, is the Hebrew kavah. And it means to bind together. So where they get wait, it means to bind together. On you I am bound together. Oh, isn't that a wait? Because some of you go, I've been waiting a long time. In you or on you, I bind myself together. I'm with you. I'm, I, I get this picture of interlaced like thatchery, bound together, intertwined with God. That's a different picture than, God, I'm going out into the world today. Bless me. <laughs> it's, I'm going to go conquer the world. I and him, him and me, he's my strength. I'm intertwined with him. I'm connected with him. As I go, that's a constant reminder. As the sin creeps in and says, go this way and go that way, say, we're not going to do that. Press in. Lean into Jesus. Grow closer to Jesus and not just knowledge. Grow intimate with Him. Your strength will rise. And, and, and this morning, I, I didn't know we were doing that worship song. I wish I would have uh, known ahead of time. I, I would have gone and said, is that the same word, wait? There's a lot of different words, and they translate them different ways. But I'm going to do that as soon as I'm done. I'm, I'm really curious. Is that the same? Strength will rise as I wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as I'm intertwined, bound together in the Lord. Wow. I'm, I'm excited about that, Pastor Jeff. Because what a different picture. I think we, we see this picture just waiting for God. But no, strength will rise as I'm connected and bound together in Him. My strength is in Him, not in me. As we do that, as we draw closer to God, we're going to hear His voice more clearly. We're going to be encouraged from the inside out. Then we're going to be able to help those around us grow. We have to be moving in order to help somebody get unstuck. Years ago, I got a four-wheel drive Jeep stuck out on a, on a stump out here. I was playing around in the snow. It was a nice little snow, and I was driving around in a big old four-wheel drive. Actually, it was a Toyota Land Cruiser, old Jeep edition thing. And I got high-centered on a, on a stump. You know, and, and I needed motion from the other car to pull me off. I didn't just need knowledge. I needed that car to hook up to me and have motion to pull me off. We want to have motion in our life, drawing closer to God drawing closer to Jesus. So as we're walking on our way, we can grab somebody along and just begin to take them along with us. And, and we need to look out for other people who are moving closer to God and reach out and grab onto them and say, take me closer to Jesus. This morning, I really, I, I'd like us to look around. Look around at the people in the congregation this morning. And ask yourself a couple of questions. This is always uncomfortable. People don't like to get eye contact. As you look around, say, who can I grow with? So you're going to have to look. Who can I grow with? 
Who can challenge me? Who can help me? And then look around and say, who can I help grow one step closer to Jesus? If you're in a life group, this becomes a lot easier. Because you have a time and a place set up every week that you are actually have the ability to interact and talk, unlike the talking head moment of a Sunday morning. Where just someone talks and yells at you and in a life group where you can ask for prayer, look for the hurting people and reach out. Help them. Some of you are so incredibly lonely. You're afraid to look around the room and invite anybody into your life. There's no judgment in him. There should be no judgment coming from any of us as his believers. We need to grow closer to Jesus and help people around us grow closer to him. That's what he wanted us to do. He, he longs for us to be in relationship with himself. Get moving. Begin to press into him. Lean into Jesus and lean away from the world and the enemy. Get into his word and get into some relationships where you can grow and help other people to grow both. I encourage you never to look at yourself as, well, I know a lot, so let me go find just some people who need to grow and I'll help them. Keep growing. Help people grow. Look for people to help you grow as you grow too. Father, God, there's a world that's lost and hurting, but Lord, there's a church that's hurting and wandering at times. We need to draw close to you. We need to jump into the funnel to get into the love of God. And we ask that we would, you would help us. Help us to know the love of God in such a deeper way than we do. God, I would ask that you would spur us on to get into relationship, community with believers in a life group, in a setting even as Corey and Rob Parley and I Ed, we challenge each other and we hold each other accountable. Help us to link arms with other believers. And then help us also, Lord, to be aware of those that need us, that we can help grow and take from those negative 12 to not knowing you and pray for them and love them. But today, this week, start or restart the momentum of drawing closer to you, to growing closer to Jesus. God, we are so grateful for your love and your mercy and your grace. We thank you that today is a new day, that old things are passed away, that all has become new in you. Amen. Now I'd encourage you to be open even before you leave to make a strike up a conversation, maybe set something up, say, let's can we get together? Hey, when's your life group? I don't have one. Find one on the wall. Begin to grow in that relationship and grow one step closer to Jesus this week.